0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Suppose I lied to you guys a little bit on yesterday's show. I said today we were going to get into the long streaming stuff, but that's really going to be tomorrow. Sorry. I assume most of you guys, your fantasy playoffs start either on Monday or the following Monday. So, not a huge huge reason to do a big long streaming segment on Thursday but certainly there is on Friday because that's when we'll look towards next week and begin the process of setting ourselves up to long stream for basically the next three or four weeks depending on what your playoffs look like. So that'll be the big deal on tomorrow's show. If you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about, go back listen to yesterday's podcast. I did about a 20 minute segment on what is the long stream? Quick recap. Long stream So when you take a roster slot and instead of making a move every two to three days with it, you're making a move like every five to nine days. So it's still not a player you're attached to, but it allows you to maximize games played per weekly move you make. Every move you make has to add in my strong feeling, two games over whatever the length of time is that you're making that move. That's got to be the target for what you're doing with your long-streaming stuff. We'll talk more about that on tomorrow's show. That'll really be the main focus of the Friday weekend edition of Fantasy NBA Today, which is the show you're listening to right now, Fantasy NBA Today. I am the host of that show, Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. You guys are used to that spelling nonsense by now at Dan Bespris on Twitter or just Google Dan from Hoopball. We'd love to talk to you guys over there. We again do so much stuff on social media and welcome to all of you that have continued to find the podcast late in the year. This is kind of the first time that I know for a fact that a non-zero chunk of you have located the podcast late In the season, I mean, it's, you know, it's always, numbers are always going to go down at this time of year because people get eliminated from leagues and folks stop listening. But fact is, it's going down much more slowly. I look at the numbers every day, which means that new listeners are coming in to sort of cover up some of the folks that maybe the season didn't go great or whatever it is. We all get hit with bad luck sometimes. I had a head to head team that was basically missing like three of the first four picks, all at the same time. It's so different. If you could space it out where, like, one of those guys was hurt for three weeks and the next guy was hurt for three weeks, team would have survived it. But when all three of them were down and you can't drop any of them, you're just taking zeros and you're losing, you know, seven to two three weeks in a row, that's hard to come back from. Happens to the best of us. Sometimes it's just a little bit of dumb luck. But hopefully everybody here has still something going on Welcome to the new listeners. Love you guys. Happy to have you aboard. If you like the show, please do drop a five-star review on it. And with that, let's look a bit at the Wednesday card. It was not a particularly large Wednesday, just eight games, but there was a whole lot of stuff. So let's start pulling it apart. The nice thing, too, is that really only two, maybe three of the games classified as kind of traditional blowout in that it dramatically impacted the minutes played of the the players on the court, and the first one went to overtime. So you know that one wasn't a blowout. Indiana did kind of open it up in the overtime period, and I've got to wonder if Malcolm Brogdon is playing in the Pacers' next ball game. I know it's not a back to back. I you know I like I get it, I get it. Um, they go tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Friday? Yeah. But he played 41 minutes. That's more than I think they intended to have him play. But it was his best damn game of the year. 31-11-8, and two steals a block, three three-pointers. You know, when he's been on the court, he's been a very, very good fantasy basketball player. He's just missed a ton of time again, like usual. Tyrese Halliburton came back to earth a little bit, still had a really nice ball game: Five defensive stats, three three-pointers. Buddy Heald has been solid since the trade as well. Those are the easy ones. The less easy stuff is everything else. Most notably, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, and O'Shea Brissett. And this ballgame, I think, solidified what we talked about two days ago. Which is, number one, Isaiah Jackson has an unbelievably high ceiling if he could stay, if he could keep his damn butt on the court. He fouled out in 23 minutes of this game where he certainly would have played more. 16 points, seven rebounds, a steal a block, a perfect eight, for eight. Shooting. Terrific ball game in 23 minutes, which, as we've seen, is actually enough for him to post fantasy value. But damn, looking at this ball game and just thinking, "What if this dude didn't foul out? What if he was only just in foul trouble? And squeezed out an extra four or five minutes, maybe he got to play the overtime period. Oh my goodness! So yes, you're absolutely holding on to Isaiah Jackson. And as of two days ago, I mentioned Jalen Smith basically moving into the ad category as, what did I call him on the pod? Kind of like a poor man's Kevin Love, Lowry Markinen kind of fantasy game. He's points, he's rebounds, he's decent percentages. He's actually, I would argue, better at the percentages than those two guys I just listed, but those guys are going to hit more three-pointers and probably score a bit more on average rebounding is going to be I think somewhat tight this is a big rebounding game for Smith they're not always going to go quite this good but he belongs on rosters that's where we're at at this point I don't know does this change if Miles Turner comes back possibly and then O'Shea Brissett, who's just casually taking a dump on both of your percentages nightly popcorn stuff sometimes is good it wasn't so much in this ball game I don't think he needs to be rostered in nine category leagues. I think you can hang on to O'Shea in points formats for now. And again, I know, cl- clarified on ev- once on every podcast, when I say points formats, I mean leagues that generally don't penalize you for bad percentages. It's all volume-based. And volume-wise, he's been okay. There's a couple of downball games here and there. But I think volume-wise, you can hang on to Brissette. Uh, Brissette, excuse me. Jackson and Smith, those guys are 9-cat and points league dudes right now. Orlando is kind of interesting as well. Markel Falls played 15 minutes. He's going to basically be rammed into that general area for the foreseeable future. That's what we've been told now. He's going to be between 15 and 20 minutes until they feel comfortable, and that might be a week. That might be two weeks. That might be the rest of the season. We don't know. So... The good news is, because he is sort of relegated to that smaller number, he hasn't completely wiped out Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs. Suggs kind of wiped himself out in this ballgame by missing a bunch of shots and turning it over a bunch of times. Cole Anthony kind of wiped himself out by missing a bunch of shots, but otherwise he was actually okay. So, kind of do a little bit of a reset on Orlando here. People, by the way, are complaining about Chumo Okiki in this ballgame, and I get it, he only played 19 minutes and shot two for 10 but he had three steals and a block, which is pretty much how he's been floating his value anyway. This didn't really set him back, believe it or not. There's a lot to like about this one. And the reason he didn't play as many minutes is because Mobamba was good. He's bounced back a little bit lately. That's been nice. That's why it was sort of very, it was hard, but we kept hanging on. So what do we got with Orlando right now? Nine category leagues, you're starting Franz Wagner, Mo Bamba, Chumo Okiki, Wendell Carter Jr. That's nine cat. Maybe Cole Anthony. He's right on the borderline. You can probably do it because he's still seeing the minutes, but the production is kind of both in on, on both sides of the fence. Jalen Suggs, I don't think you're starting in nine category leagues. He hasn't figured it out yet in the way that we were kind of hoping he would. Points leagues, he's very much a start because that's where he's hurting you. Field goal percent in particular, turnovers is another thing that kind of bites. You needn't hit that many three pointers, so he can kind of cover that up in a points format by doing other things: more assists, more boards, more scoring, whatever. Settles into a guy that's not hitting his marks in nine category leagues, but is just based on sheer volume alone in a points format. So that was a fun ball game. Overtime helped sort of threw a magnifying glass on all the stuff that was happening in that one. Charlotte beat the pants off of Cleveland. This is one of the blowout games, although the Cavs still gave their guys 30-plus minutes. It just wasn't sort of the full compliment. We've been talking about Charlotte a little bit. Cody Martin got 33 minutes here and took a chunk away from Montrez Harrell, who's actually been kind of trending back down lately. He did kind of just barely enough in this ballgame to hang on, hold on Montrez. Um, hold on, PJ Washington. Same story with Gordon Hayward out. Terry Rozier was was uh, superlative in this ball game, and you know, I, I I suppose the story of the night kind of has to be lo- Lamelo Ball, doesn't it? And you know, I think you just sort of toss this one aside. What are you gonna do? Just Not a good ball game here. Kelly Oubre got to do a little bit more. Isaiah Thomas played 14 very solid minutes. They just sort of found other ways to win it easily, actually, mind you. But nothing really changes there on that Charlotte side. You're not adding Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Oubre is someone you play only when when he's getting hot. Maybe this is one of those stretches, but I sort of don't have the stones to do it in nine category formats. He's someone you can generally start in points leagues as well. This this dichotomy we're running into on in a lot of players right now is, is actually sort of interesting. Uh, Cavs side, Darius Garland came back, played 33 minutes, scored 33 points, had himself a pretty nice return, all those seven turnovers. And just overall, his team kind of didn't come ready. They got badly out-rebounded. Charlotte went nuts from three-point land, and that's going to bury you a little bit. So with Garland back, Brandon Goodwin obviously is a drop. Chidi Osman, who was posting some decent numbers not that we ever rec- we never recommended picking him up, but if somehow you landed on him, he's a drop. And I think you basically move back now to Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Larry Markinen, Evan Mobley, and Kevin Love. Those five are okay on the Cavaliers. Knicks briefly had a lead over the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, well, they led for about a half, two and a half quarters. R.J. Barrett was pretty good again. We're not at a point in the season. Like, if you have him, you've been just going with him. If you don't, you don't. That sort of doesn't matter much. Mitchell Robinson hung in there for 21 minutes against Joel Embiid, which is a damn feat all by itself. Alec Burks actually got 11 shots, but heaven help him, he just cannot shoot this year. He was a decent shooting night away from a really good fantasy line, so I'll just keep sticking with it. Definition of insanity over here. Uh, Tobias Harris, another quiet ball game. Five fouls, 29 minutes. Bilo window still open. Maxie, Harden, and Bede, those guys are trucking along, no problem. Easy, easy peasy, moving along. Oh, Evan Fournier was awful for the Knicks, by the way. He'd been good long enough to where I think you can probably just write this one off, but keep an eye on it, at the very least. Jumping in in the middle of the show here to remind you guys of our partnership with the good folks at ThriveFantasy.com. I hope you guys have checked them out by now. Have you? Surely you've given them at least a cursory glance. They have an app. It's available in the Apple Store and on Android devices as well. You should download it. The app itself is gratis. The app is free. If you sign up, though, using promo code Ethos or our special link, which kind of builds the promo code in for you, Not only do you get the 100% deposit match bonus that a lot of promo codes get you on the website, but it also gets you, as you've heard me say on this show, two $20 contest entry vouchers, the big nightly $20 entries. That's a great opportunity. There are a number of winners of those too. That's a great opportunity to rack up some big bucks in a hurry. And if you don't understand prop bets, ask me, happy to explain what they are. They're more from the sports betting landscape, but they're being pulled into the DFS world now, Or you're effectively just saying, do I think this player is going to score more or less than a particular number in a given game? Did I think Nikola Jokic was going to score more or less than some number in yesterday's ballgame? He ended on 22. I didn't see the Thrive number. I'm guessing that was probably an under. If you took the under there, that got you points in their tournament. I can't believe Denver lost their ballgame. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, Denver lost their ballgame. Uh, and you do that. They give you 20 choices. You go down the board, 20 choices, pick 10 of them. And if you get them right, you get a real damn good shot to win money from our buddies over at thrivefantasy.com. Promo code is ethos, E-T-H-O-S. Surely you got 10 bucks floating around at this point. Go open up an account, drop it in, use that promo code, put $10 in, you get the $10 match. So that'll give you 20 in your account plus the two 20 dollars contest entry vouchers. 60 bucks a play for a $10 deposit. That, damn it, is good. Go check them out right now. Sacramento, blown out in New Orleans. The era of good feelings for the Sacramento Kings didn't last very long. They're being exposed for a team that still doesn't play any defense at all. Demata Sabonis, Harrison Barnes, and De'Aaron Fox. That is all she wrote. Wondering about Trey Lyles after he had that one big ball game, he came back to earth real fast, as we kind of expected he would, because Trey Lyles, sorry Trey Lyles, isn't that great. And this is a great opportunity for a lot of Pelicans to get fat in one ball game. Herb Jones, we did a Twitter thread on Herb Jones yesterday, or two days ago, forget what day it was, about how He'd been quiet lately, but a lot of it was just that a couple of shots weren't dropping, but the steals were still there, the blocks were okay, the rebounds were still there. Well, guess what? He made a few shots and he had himself a damn ball game. This is why you hang on. Proven assets. Hang on to proven assets. Jackson A's played 27 minutes. 13-7-4 with a block. Good percentages. Proven asset right now. Ingram, Valanchunas, McCollum, that's the easy stuff. Dante er, Poor Devonte Graham is just... Yikes. Houston... Came back, almost beat Utah, took the game to overtime before the Jazz finally sealed this thing shut. Donovan Mitchell, huge ball game. Rudy Gobert, monster ball game on the Utah side. It doesn't extend all that f- far beyond those guys. Mike Conley's going to post decent numbers. Boyan Bogdanovich is going to be hanging right around the edge of value. Royce O'Neill's going to be sort of just back of that. But Utah's back to Utah now that they're really basically healthy, minus Joe Ingles. plus whether they want to roll Daniel House, Rudy Gay, whatever, who's filling in those extra minutes. Jay Sean Tate left early on the Houston side. Ankle soreness. It was no uh, acute thing that took place. So it's kind of a shame, too. He was actually starting to play a little bit better. Kevin Porter Jr. also came back for this ball game. I am... Like, he doesn't belong on fantasy teams in nine category leagues. He went 3-for-8 at the free throw line, 6-for-14 from the field with five turnovers before fouling out. I know he had 16 points and 12 assists, but that doesn't outweigh the damage he does elsewhere. Alperin Shengun couldn't crack 18 minutes again. You guys, man, you stashed him the whole damn year. Don't do it. If there's anything I've said on this podcast, I want you two things to just take away. Three things. Thing number one, Dan is kind of an ass. Thing number two, don't draft injured players. Thing number three, don't stash somebody for four months. Unless there's a 100% chance it works out. And there is never a 100% chance it works out. You know when there's a 100% chance something works out? When you're stashing an injured player in the middle of the season, when you've built up a really nice cushion by not drafting injured players and not stashing backups at the beginning of the year. You rack up early season wins, And then you can pick up guys to stash, because injured, established players, they come back and they just get their same value. Drive me nuts. This stuff drives me nuts. Hey, good news, everyone. Futurama's coming back. Good news, everyone. Jalen Green does seem to have at least begun now to take the team as his own. That's not to say that he's taking it away from Christian Wood, because Wood still is going to get to do plenty on a night-to-night basis. But as the sort of guard situation settles, Jalen Green is moving ahead of Kevin Porter Jr. in the pecking order. KPJ is still going to do all the orchestrating. He's the guy guy that starts the play, so he's going to get the assists. But Green is getting—he's become less bashful. His shot selection is getting better. He's making the stuff closer to the rim, and we already know he can shoot a little bit. So this is kind of that moment. There's still going to be hiccups, make no mistake, but we're close. Garrison Matthews, by the way, always a reasonable stream when Eric Gordon sits out a ballgame, but of course Gordon is still going to play some more, so, you know, pfft, to that. Miami almost beat Milwaukee on the shoulders of Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent, and Duncan Robinson because the stars for Miami were not very good. Bam Adebayo did have 18-12, and 12, but shot the ball poorly. And Jimmy Butler had the worst game he's had in half a decade. Six points, three boards, two assists, two blocks. Two out of 14 shooting. Just atrocious, and they almost won it. The Heat are good, man. The Heat are good, which is a weird thing to take away from a loss. But they can defend Giannis relatively well compared to a lot of teams. They kind of understand how to deal with him. I like the Heat a lot. Again, I know they lost the ball game. There weren't any massive fantasy ramifications. Gabe Vincent is a nice stream when, when Kyle Lowry's out, but we don't know how long that's going to be. He's personal reasons he could pop up for the next one. So that's something. I think that's a move you make only if you're in a games cap deal where no basically a, a league with no roster move limit where then you could, you know, if Lowry showed up, you could just punt on Vincent and it wouldn't cost you anything. Just a couple more on the docket. You can make it. But the only way you're really going to make it is if you're aerodynamic. How do you get aerodynamic? Get the hair off of you. Hey, by the way, I want to give a plug here. While we're talking about Manscaped.com and our promo code Ethos20 to get 20% off and free shipping on whatever you order there, uh, they have a really cool three-blade razor See if I can remember what the name is. I'll, I'll go. I'll get the name for you. It's, <laughs> they call it the Crop Shaver, but I use it on my face. I use all their stuff on my face, my neck, um, and it's great. It's better than the stuff you get at CVS or whatever. Cyber Trimmer's better, and the the three blade razor is better. They call it the Crop Shaver. It's you know they've got their funny names for it, um, but it's a really really nice device They're actually out of stock on it right now that's how popular it's been three pre- precision blades a pivoting head it's got a little micro comb bar so it brings the hairs up a double wide uh lubrication strip those of you that shave like traditional razor shave you know how important that is so you don't rip your skin off your face and it's just it's like small i love it it's been it's been a, a revelation for me in my neck in particular just a great, great product again. So check out Manscaped.com. I know they're out of that one, so it's sort of a dumb time to do a promo on it. But the month of March has begun. We want to move a few units here before the regular season's over. We'll probably take a break with Manscaped during the off-season, if I had to guess, and then bring them back around. If you want to get something small, just kind of test them out. You got the Shears. That's a luxury nail kit. That's only 20 bucks. You got the three-pack of Lip Balm. That's one of their new products. That's just 10 bucks. And for both of those, you can take 20% off. So the uh, the Shears well worth $16 without shipping well worth it you will not have to get a nail kit again for 20 years if i had to guess based on what i've seen from it it is very effective the clipper in particular is super sharp (laughs) don't keep it near a kid uh i have an affliction known as toe thumb this is a real thing megan fox has it look it up it's dumb looking my thumb on my right hand effectively looks like a toe so the fingernail is absurdly thick weirdly shaped and a regular like i used a fishing line clipper to cut my nails for the longest time and it can't get through my thumbnail which also means it couldn't really get through my toenails this can the shears 2.0 that's their second iteration of it Promo code ethos20, go check them out at manscaped.com. Go get something over there. This is when we really need you guys to throw some love to our sponsors' way so that they'll be like, man, we had a great time partnering with Fantasy NBA today. We should do it again next year when we have all sorts of new crap we can throw at you. And you guys and I, and we can all enjoy it. Manscaped.com, promo code ethos20. Go check them out right now. Denver lost at home to Oklahoma City. Yowza, they did not come to play defense, the Nuggets, in this ballgame. And so you got these big numbers on the Thunder side who ran kind of a short rotation. Shea, 37 minutes, 29 points. Isaiah Roby, 34 minutes, 26 points. Darius Bazley, 33 minutes, 12-8 and 8 with three steals. Trey Mann, 35 minutes, 13-6-2 and 2 steals. Alexei Pokushevsky, who slid into the starting lineup, 29 minutes, Nine points, 11 rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. All these guys are going to get picked up. Many of them are going to end up back on the waiver wire. Here's the thing about the players in this Oklahoma City drama. Shea, that's an easy one. Uh, Josh Giddey, Lou Dort are not in right now. We don't even know whose place they take when they come back. My guess would be that Dort starts for man and giddy probably starts for pokoshevsky also Derek favor sat this one out so if he pops up then that muddies things a little bit as well i don't like darius basley's fantasy game you guys know that enough i'm not taking the plunge with him in category leagues you can go ahead again if you want to go points league have at it isaiah roby's actually been very good lately I know the moment that I toss him into a lineup, he's going straight pumpkin mode. I know it. I'm sure of it. His steals have been up. His blocks have been up. That's not going to hold. We actually know that about him by now. He's on a run. Guys go on heaters. If you want to take the plunge with him, you can, but I can almost guarantee you he's going to be back on waiver wires in the next two weeks. You know, there's no... There's a stigma about the whole ride the hot hand thing. You can ride the hot hand with Roby, and you're probably just going to have to accept the fact that you're going to catch him on a cold game before you have the opportunity to move on from him. Meaning, like, you're riding the hot hand, you're not going to know he's cold until he's cold. Then when he's cold, you're like, oh, good lord, I waited too long. Or you do what I do and I just kind of ignore it. When I know someone's going to be back on the waiver wire. The guy that I'm most interested in, of course, is Pokaszewski. Because we know that if he gets the minutes, the fantasy value can be there. Percentages aren't great for him, but rebounds, threes, steals, blocks. He passes well from the big man spot. Didn't score all that great. But the outlines of a really interesting fantasy game are there. Even if his body is going to get blasted by most NBA opponents... He's inching closer, and it seems like the Thunder are starting to now give him a little bit more, even if the minutes are a bit sort of all over the map. The reason I like Pokusevski is because if he's in the starting lineup, he's probably going to get 25 minutes. And if he gets 25 minutes, then at least you have a solid floor for him in fantasy. Whereas with a, with Roby, if his minutes drop back down to 24 That's not enough for him. We've seen that. Darius Baisley, same thing. 24 minutes isn't enough. Trey Mann, 24 minutes isn't enough. When you look at the Thunder and you think, who will I start on this team? You kind of have to ask yourself, if this guy just suddenly starts playing 24 minutes a night, even as a starter, would they still be good enough for me to start in my Roto Games cap league? And the answer with Shea is yes. Dort is actually not really, but if he's playing, he's going to get more than 24 minutes. Same story with Josh Giddy. He's going to need more than 24 minutes. If he's playing, he will get that. Same thing with Shea. So those three guys you don't have to worry about. It's the rest of these dudes. Roby, Baisley, Pokoshevsky, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins when he was playing a bit more. If those guys saw 24 minutes, who among them could get near the top 100? And the only one is Pokoshevsky. And even he's kind of iffy. But at least he's got that path to it. Nothing of note on the Denver side. Will Barton had one of his off-shooting games, which we kind of knew was coming at some point here. And then, you know, Jokic, get the poor man some help. They might. Michael Porter Jr. do back in the next couple of weeks, so that would do the trick. And then Phoenix campaign made his return. We were trying to get a feel for, like, the rust factor, how much he was going to be asked to play, all of those little things. And then news broke earlier in the morning prior to the ball game, that Devin Booker had COVID. Which, I think for a lot of us, it's like, wait, that's still a thing? Yeah, still a thing, everybody. It's still floating around. Not that many folks have it at this point. It's It's been... It's subsided pretty good. But every once in a while, it'll pop up. And unfortunately, it got booked. So at that point, you kind of knew. You're like, all right, well, like... This is, this is the opportunity. I... You know, Cameron Payne was actually kind of a polarizing character in fantasy circles. I was I was surprised by this. I thought he would be more generally accepted by the fantasy community, but there was a little bit of pushback, and I kind of understand why, because like historically he hasn't been very good. But the reason that I was a bit more bullish on Payne was because he knows the offense on this team. He filled in when Chris Paul was out late last year and did a really good job. And if you look at the sample size for him, any games where he's cleared 28 minutes, he's got a top 100 floor. That's kind of been the deal for Payne. If he can get to 28 minutes, he's starting in any format. And with Booker out, and again, we're, you know, we're talking about a guy who's coming back from missing a month with an injury, so, like, game one, we didn't really know what the minutes were going to be, but I felt pretty confident, especially once I heard that he was in the starting lineup, that he was the plan... The plan, that's what you need to worry about. You don't worry about the one-game sample size, good or bad. If it was good, great. If it was bad, not great, whatever. You're worried about the plan. And the plan, when we heard he was starting, was, oh, okay, this guy's slotting in for Chris Paul. Because Landry Shammett was also in the starting lineup, and that's the dude that comes out when Booker comes back. Cam Johnson slid to the bench to make room for campaign that was the really important note on lineup decisions for the suns so i'm digging campaign uh he's only gonna get better as he gets his legs underneath him remember i know it wasn't a leg injury it was a hand thing but as he gets a feel back for the game the assists were there which was nice and then I think we're looking at just sort of your standard ramp up in a game that, you know, this is a massive blowout. So the starters, Mikael Bridges played 29 minutes. That was the biggest number of anybody on that Phoenix side. So I, you know, I, I really do think that because campaign moved in for Johnson, this is where they want their lineup to be. He is the starting point guard, even when Booker comes back. Uh, I think you see his minutes gradually work their way up to that that 27 28 29 range maybe higher potentially if you get yourself in a in a tight ball game I don't know I wouldn't aim higher than that uh, and that puts him probably somewhere between 75 and 125 based on really field goal percent for the most part and you know how much time booker ends up missing here but that might not overlap so i, I you know Payne, to me is very much someone you need to have on your roster I think you can probably start him in the next game cuz he looked pretty good here minus the rust uh, conditioning wise, I think he's gonna be fine. And I know Aaron Holiday played 28 minutes in this game and ended up having actually an okay ball game. He's not he's not the guy there, he's not their solution. Portland side, we were gonna kind of watch Drew Eubanks. It was really hard to tell what the actual plan was here. Trendon Watford ended up playing a lot of center minutes. He was he went for 13, 7, and 6 with a block in a blowout loss. And it makes me think that there's probably going to be a little bit of a hot hand thing going on here. Blazers are leaning pretty hard into the tank at this point. I wouldn't be surprised to see Josh Hart get shut down in the next three weeks or so. I don't know when it's going to be. I mean, maybe Justice Winslow comes back. It, just, it all seems a little bit too fishy. For now, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, those guys are good to go. I don't know if you can hold Winslow through this thing. Roto Games cap, go ahead, hold a little bit longer. They have a terrible schedule this week. This is one of only two games for the Blazers in this playing period. Uh, But you're not picking up anybody else. You know, we had Eubanks kind of on the watch list from a podcast a couple days ago. I think it was like three days back because they're not playing at all this week. And I said, look, you don't have to add him because they don't play again until Wednesday. So it probably was on the Monday show. And he played, and he actually had a pretty good line in only 18 minutes, but the 18 minutes part is the thing that we're paying attention to here. I don't care about the 13 and 8. That's great. But I need to see him get minutes in the mid to high 20s before I do anything about it. If he does, great. He can shoot free throws. His field goal percent is going to be pretty good. Not much in the defensive stats. He'll probably fall into a steal or a block in there. But, again, this is all pie-in-the-sky stuff because he didn't get the minutes in this ball game. Nothing else of uh, significant note in that last game of the card. JaVale McGee finally had a slightly better ball game. By the way, I don't think it's a massive coincidence. It came against a team defensively that wasn't very good, and when his own team got a point guard back. JaVale McGee's value is inextricably linked this season was, past tense, to Chris Paul. That's, I mean, that's where he gets his open look. He'll get one every once in a while with other guys out there, but the reason he was having such a great year in limited minutes was because... He had the best point guard on the planet nearby. He did it with Bismack Biyombo too. Hey, new listeners, please do drop a five-star review on the podcast. Trying really hard to get us to 775 by the end of this season. Can you help us get there? We're stuck right now. Stuck on 765. Please, please help. <laughs> please lend a hand. I know it. it's not really the biggest thing on earth it's quite small uh in the importance totem pole but it would mean the world to me if you checked out some of our sponsors or if you dropped a five-star review or if you did both either way love you guys thanks for listening this is fantasy nba today tomorrow streaming we start the stream part of the proceedings and that'll basically take us for about four weeks and then we're going to veer back away from the stream over kind of the final week to two weeks of the season. Maybe the that, that penultimate week, we might have to kind of do it two different ways. But that's silly season time. That's where we start to lean into silly seasons. That's the schedule here as we head down the stretch. Um, this is nuts how close we are to the end of the NBA season already. I feel like we just started this like four days ago. Probably because I've wiped this the wild... December, January COVID spike when all we were doing was just going completely nuts with streamers and trying to keep dying teams afloat, which worked for some and some it was just too much to overcome. But man, season goes fast. Anyway, uh, have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you guys on social at Dan Baspers. I hope I will see you over there because something's going to happen today that you're not going to want to wait a full day for the podcast deep dive breakdown on. Just search for Dan Bespris. Dan from Hootball. That's the easy way to do it. I know, we're not whoball anymore. Dan from Sports Ethos just hasn't quite clicked in the search engines yet. But we'll talk to you over on social and tomorrow into the streams. We dive into the stream. It's fresh water. Bring a snorkel. See you later, everybody.